And welcome to Crossroad Off-Road, Minnesota's off-road podcast, brought to you by Zeus Off-Road in Birdsville, Minnesota, and by Motors and More Jeep in Brainerd, Minnesota. Hey gang, thanks for listening. Uh, quick update on the, the Jeep, the Jeep build. Some things I've been working on lately. I had trouble with the, the turn signal, and uh, some of TJ's own owners out there might know about this, but... The uh, multi-function switch every now and again goes out in these TJs. And uh, so what I did is I ordered, well, what the problem is, we you turn your signal on or your hazards, neither of them work. And it would work for me if I pushed down really hard on the top of the steering wheel stem. Then it would work. Or I pushed from the side. And so every time I had to make a turn the other day, uh, that's the problem I had. It would That's the only way I get to work, I should say is get the turn signal to work is pushed down really hard on the right by the hazards signal so so something was out in the multi-function switch this is actually the third time that i had to replace this so before uh what i've done is I just go online order the part and uh, go from there i did read some reviews and it said that if you buy the the better part you know, obviously if you buy a better more expensive part usually it's gonna work better so went and spent 90 bucks online uh, and I wanted to pick it up at a part store. And, you know, one thing I, I did on Saturday is, is I ordered the part in the morning in, or the night before, night before, Friday. And then Saturday, I was going to go pick it up in the afternoon. And the online said, hey, it closes at 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m., I was going to go pick it up. Got there at 4.15, signed on the door, said closes at 4. So missed my opportunity there on Saturday to pick up the part. But more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> but I did order it on Amazon and also, and so I, I tried to cancel on the order, but if I didn't get it in time to cancel it, if they still send it to me, I'll just keep it as a spare because uh, these things go out every now and again. But if you know a lot about this multifunctional switch, let me know because it's kind of a pain about when it goes out. So fast forward to today, today being Sunday, I go to the store finally, pick up the part, come all the way home. This is after picking up some other things I wanted to pick up from a friend. Uh, but I got the part home then, and then I was going to go sit down and do the part, and I realized it's the wrong part. Uh, there's two different multifunction switch, one with fog lights, one without, and I thought I ordered the right one. I'm pretty damn sure I did. They might have just handed me the wrong part, and I think that's kind of what happened. So I get had to go run back there a third time to get the correct part, and ironically, it was $4 cheaper. <laughs> so I got actually money back on bringing the one without fog lights, and then get the one with fog lights. Because um, what you do on a TJ is you turn the lights on and you pull the knob a little bit, and then your fog lights come on. Well, my fog lights don't work anyhow. It might be because the switch is going bad. Uh, I keep on blowing the fuse somehow. So I'm not sure what's happening, but I still wanted the right part in case I end up fixing the fog light problem. So I get it back together today, and it still didn't work a little bit, but I wiggle the... the, the uh, the plug, now it works just fine. My wife and I went for a little Jeep ride and had a good time doing that. Blinkers work the whole time. So I'm going to say problem solved for now. But uh, if you guys got some insight on this or what I might be doing wrong, but I think that uh, there's just general gremlins in a 20-year-old vehicle at times, and that's one of mine. And if i got to switch the part out every now and again, so be it. Um, uh, that's, that's what's going on. But one thing fun I did yesterday that I never had a chance to do before. And while I was gone most of the day, I was, I was helping doing some trail build and maintenance on some land, on some private land up by Brainerd. 
And the guy that I'm going to have on a future episode, very interesting guy, that boy, he has some stories. So I can't wait to have Jacob on in a future episode. I was going to have him on today's episode, uh, in, or actually record today, have him on a future episode. Uh, but I think I'm going to kind of hit him up next week uh, because it's actually already 6, almost 7 o'clock at night. And um, I, I know what, he just he probably doesn't have time tonight, neither do I. And uh, But what you're going to hear next is uh, you're gonna hear from Jacob in the future. Definitely gonna hear from him. He's got some great stories. He told me a few yesterday. I uh, went in the build in between in the trail build day, uh, but I'm gonna do a whole episode on that next week. You can hear all about the trail, what it has going on. I'm gonna have him on talk about the trail, what he's building, and kind of the the type of trail it is. And also I'm gonna have some backstory on him. He's like I said, he's got some great stories. But we're gonna hear about from today is Angela Hinckley from Minnesota Road Drive Association. And we've been having trouble overall the internet today. It's not just me. It seems like there's just internet troubles. Zoom has been having trouble. And even we were scheduled for noon today. We actually rescheduled to 6 p.m. And so we're going to have some, you're going to hear some technical difficulties in her part of the podcast here. You might hear some stops and starts uh, from me and me kind of having to rewind a little bit. So mind you, that's going to be there. It's kind of a bummer we had to do it that way. But again, um, just technical difficulties of the day between Zoom, uh, the meeting service I was using. And actually, ironically, that's the most stable one I have. Uh, it's just not sure if the weather has something to do with it, uh, but it's just not me. It's definitely been raining the last two days. Uh, so I'm not sure if that has anything to do with that, but um, intermittent um, internet has been a problem. So it's going to be kind of a bummer there. But you can hear from Angela. She has some great news about uh, what the Tread Lightly program is all about, about LROC. Uh, LROC is a ladies-only club, so us fellows can't join it, but we can definitely support it and uh, might get some more with ladies out there wheeling. So you're going to hear some start and stops in terms of the, the recording piece, but uh, mind you, we're doing the best we can with the equipment we got. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that piece and about LROC, and hopefully you enjoy the podcast. So share it with a friend. Uh, we're just trying to do the best we can with what we got. So hopefully we'll all be out there this week with top-down doors off Jeep weather because it's a beautiful, beautiful week coming up, it looks like. And uh, this weather will pass, and we'll be having some fun very soon. So thanks. Hey, a little sponsor break time. I just want to recognize uh, some things that are going, they're doing some really cool things at Zeus Off-Road right now. And if you look up there from May 7th, uh, they have on Facebook, they did a, did a nice little post on vehicles they're working on that aren't Jeeps. I know other people off-road things that aren't Jeeps. <laughs> Ran into a guy this weekend that runs an Xterra off, uh, overlanding. He might be on a future episode. And uh, But if you look on the Zeus Off-Road uh, Facebook page, they're actually working on, it looks like a Dodge. They got a Toyota. I think they got another you know, GM half ton or full one ton. can't remember what it was. But I just looked at it. They found some problems with it. And they were underneath all three of these. No Jeeps in the garage. I mean, it's crazy. But they were working on three oddballs all at the same time. So if you got one of those guys that has a different thing besides just a Jeep, uh, go check it out at Zeus Off-Road. They can help you uh, build it up a little bit and uh, give you the off-roader that you are looking for just improve it a bit more. And if you don't have a Jeep and you like one, like to get one, go to Moore's and More Jeep in Brainerd, Minnesota. They can help you find the Jeep of your dreams. Uh, a couple of the vehicles we featured in the past uh, have just sold. The one we had on last week's episode, that really nice white JK with the 35s and a lift on it, that was gone the next day, guys. It was gone quick. <laughs> but they can find you the one that you want. And remember that ZR2 that we talked about a few weeks ago, too? 
Um, that one was gone too. Actually, both of them bought by ladies. We're going to talk about that a little bit in the, the podcast here. You can hear all about that. So go ahead. If you guys have a Jeep in your mind or you want something, an off-roader in mind, contact Jeff at Motors and More Jeeps. They can help you find the right vehicle for you. If you pick up something from them and you want some work done on it, you get a $500 credit towards Zeus Off-Road, our other sponsor. So if you guys have a hankering for some new vehicles, that's a good route to go. Thanks a lot. Looking to call it, sir, and to record. Hey, and we're back here. I'm here with uh, on the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast with Angela Hinckley, and today we're going to talk about the uh, the big organization, Tread Lightly, and what the details are a little bit, uh, what the principles are, and then we got some other things we're going to talk about Rock here in a bit, too. But first, uh, welcome, Angela, back to the podcast. You were on here before, but uh, welcome back. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. And uh, you're with the Minnesota Federal Drive Association, and the uh, reason we're having Angela on today is to talk a bit about uh, Tread Lightly. So kind of kind of fill our listeners in on what Tread Lightly is from the, the get-go and uh, kind of what we can do to be part of that. Sure. Um, so Tread Lightly was actually originally founded in 1985 by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Um, and then in 1990, it was actually transferred to the private sector, making Tread Lightly a nonprofit organization. Um, so it's a very well-established national program. Um, and they primarily work with our federal partners to help spread the message um, of what Tread Lightly is. Uh, they work with the U.S. Department of Interior, National Park Service, um, USDA Forest Service, uh, Land Bureau, uh, Bureau of Land Management, um, and then also the U.S. Army. So they really kind of have their hands in with every uh, major partner across the nation. Um, and to your point, they are national, um, and it's a very large organization. Mm-hmm. So they basically have three missions. Um, they kind of have what we call three pillars. The first pillar is really dedicated to promoting the fun enjoyment of the outdoors and the responsibility that comes with it. Uh, the second pillar is more about the ethical and educational force. Uh, they work really hard to bring in the broad spectrum of stakeholders um, and really work together as a team um, with concerned individuals, um, so like our opposition, to really work towards that common goal to find balance between humans, our vehicles, and nature. And then the third pillar is really about promoting responsible outdoor recreation through ethics, education, and different stewardship programs. Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing this came about as a need. This started as a need. So I'm guessing there's some uh, some knuckleheads out there at one point, and then uh, a lot of people kind of came together to kind of put this together. Am I right? You're right. I, I think that's a really good way to sum it up. You know, we've, we've <laughs> always had opposition, right? And we've always had knuckleheads. So, you know, what Tread Lightly does is it really tries to bring those two groups together and really moves to understand both sides and tries to find a way to educate both sides about recreating responsibly. So that's teaching us as outdoor enthusiasts how to recreate responsibly. And then that's also working with the opposition to let them know who we really are and how we really recreate. So this image that, and you know, this is, this is really what we're doing there. Yeah, I think we talked about it before where uh, the non-off-roading public, I think I, I mentioned that to you the first time we met, you know, you like that term. 
uh, a little bit. But there's people who don't exactly understand what we're doing or why we're doing it. They just see maybe the end result that's not what they want, or you know that might just be the one percenters that are causing that problem. So tread lightly can be. That's a great term. I've known about it for years, obviously, but uh, not knowing the details of it is, uh, well, now I know the details of it, which is great. It's a great organization. And so what are, what's the Minnesota Pro Drive? What's their stake in the Tread Lightly and uh, what, what are they doing with the Tread Lightly program? That's a great question. So uh, for many years, we were actually a member of Tread Lightly. So as an organization or as a club, you can be a member of Tread Lightly and then you can also be an individual member as well. Um, and over the years, off and on, we've used some of their different materials and, you know, promoted Tread Lightly at some of our events. Obviously, Tread Lightly is deeply ingrained in each and every one of us, and the Minnesota Four-Wheel Drive Association definitely does their best to try to uh, promote Tread Lightly and educate others on what Tread Lightly is. Um, we do try to incorporate it as much as we can within our social media and within our events to try to really educate others and create awareness around Tread Lightly. Um, and really what it comes down to is, you know, we just try to instill good practices um, as individuals to, you know, really set that example, right? And holding each other and others accountable um, is a really big piece of that as well. And so have we went over the principles? I'm looking over our sheet right now. Did we go over all the principles in our community? No. Piece? Do? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, TREAD is actually an acronym. A lot of people don't know that. It's TREAD, T-R-E-A-D. Um, so T stands for travel responsibly. And that's really about riding on designated routes and trails and staying within permitted areas, whether you're on public land, private land, highways, streets, it really doesn't matter. Just making sure that you're staying where you're supposed to be um, and following the laws and ethically wheeling where you should be wheeling. Um, and then R stands for respect the rights of others. Uh, this again applies to whether you're wheeling on private land or public land, um, ensuring that you are respecting each other, whether it's the property owner or the trail guides, um, ensuring that all recreational trail users, campers, um, no matter what type of user group they're from, that you're allowing them to enjoy and, you know, enjoy their recreational activities undisturbed, just as you want to be undisturbed. Mm -hmm. And then E stands for educate yourself, um, really ensuring that you're obtaining the correct maps, that you're understanding the regulations from different public agencies, that you're planning for your trip, that you've taken some type of recreation skills class, um, that you know how to use and operate your vehicles and your recovery equipment safely. Um, really taking and doing everything that you can to educate yourself and prepare yourself for recreating responsibly and not just relying on others to show you or to figure it out when you get there. Mm -hmm. And then Good. A stands for avoiding sensitive areas. Um, this is another really big one. Again, whether you're on public land or private, ensuring that territories such as meadows, lakeshores, wetlands, streams, ponds, making sure that they're part of the designated route so that it's a legitimate trail that you should be on that's driving through that sensitive area. Um, here in Minnesota, we don't have trails that go through wetlands. So if you're on a wetland, it's probably not legal. <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and yep. then D 
stands for do your part. Um, so this is really about the accountability of yourself and of others, right? Um, so leaving that area better than you found it, whether that's disposing of waste, maybe it's fluids, um, avoiding the spread of invasive species. So, you know, going from park to park or going from park to your home. Um, and then making sure that you're um, joining a local organization, whether that's a club or the Minnesota Four Drive Association, you know, partnering with them on trail days, trail cleanup, um, trail um, restoration, you know, degraded areas, you know, really being that steward of the land and joining forces with others to take care of the properties that we off-road on. That's a good point. I think I mentioned it in my, uh, my little section I have before you're on, is I talked about how I volunteered and it was pretty fun. And what I noticed it was small hand, you know, a lot of hands make the work small. It's an old term. It basically means you can take a big job and make it smaller and easier. That was pretty fun. I was out there with a couple different families. Uh, we're just picking up some sticks and moving some trees around, but we went through the trail system pretty quick just by walking through it and, um, and it made it easier just having more people there. And as I was doing, I was thinking about the trails that were created before that I've been on, you know, that were created 30 years ago. So, you know, a bunch of group of people got together and they did the same thing that we were doing. Now we're enjoying it still today. So uh, I like that. Uh, I like your acronyms there. Well, it's not yours, I guess it's theirs, but <laughs> doing doing your part is a, is a big piece of it. And obviously taking care of the trails, if we, uh, we, we mess it up, uh, we might not have trails much longer. So the Tread Lightly organization is definitely a good thing for us to be aware of. Agreed. Uh, awesome. So we went through, uh, we go through all the checklists. I don't want to ask it, but uh, <laughs> You know, uh, magic, uh, podcast magic here, we actually, we send things back and forth to talk about. So what's the next thing on your list that you want to talk about? The community piece? Is that our practice and principles? Check yeah, I think that's, agreed. Yeah, I think that's really important to touch on. Um, you know, it's, it's great that we all know what Tread Lightly means. It's awesome that Tread Lightly provides so many great resources and materials, but it's really about our actions. That's really what matters. Um, it's It's mm -hmm. not about you know, just knowing what the principles are, it's about living the principles. Um, and just some really basic things that people can do that will make a significant difference in how we utilize the land that we recreate on um, and the community that we, we recreate with, right? Um, making sure that we're respecting trail restrictions and only using trails that are open to your mode of transportation. Um, here in the Midwest, we do have some trails that allow many different user groups. So your UTV, your ATV, your bikes, and your OHV, your vehicles. Uh, Spider Lake is a really good example of that. Uh, and just really ensuring that we're on the right trail and that we're not on a trail that we shouldn't be on with the type of vehicle that we have. Um, this, so I really think that the first piece of that is making sure that um, we're respecting the trail restrictions and really only using trails that are open to us. So there are many trails within Minnesota or the Midwest um, that allow different user groups. So um, mm -hmm. ATV, UTV, motorcycle, and OHV, and ensuring that you're on the appropriate trail for the type of vehicle that you're in. And then the second piece to that is really being considerate of others on the trail. So as you are passing another group, or maybe you have another group behind you, you know, making sure that you're yielding to those groups, letting other groups by you so that we can all share the trails together. Mm -hmm. um, another that is, you know, making sure that 
we're going at a reasonable speed, that we're not speeding through trails, that we're keeping the noise and dust down, um, making sure that we're keeping our ears open and we can hear each other and then we're listening to each other. So we're not playing loud music or we don't have headphones in. Um, keeping mm -hmm. your dog on a leash. Um, that's a really common thing that doesn't occur on the trails, making sure that your dog is under control. We want, to, we want our dogs to be with us, we encourage that, um, but ensuring that they're safe and that the people around you are safe as well is really mm -hmm. critical. It's really about respect, right? Respecting others that you're wheeling with. Um, mm -hmm. Ensure that you're familiar with the rules. So each OHB park, each trail might have a little bit different set of rules. So making sure that you're respectful of the you know, property and of the property owners. Um, or being respectful of um, the public property that you're on um, is really, really critical. So there are a lot of really simple things that we can do here locally um, to make sure that we're recreating responsibly. Yeah, and I'm looking at the, the website on my iPad here for the treadlightly.org. And uh, they even have a little sign. We can talk about different trails you could be on. They have a little tiny little Jeep sign. They have the four-wheeler, the motorcycle. Uh, I don't know what the big wheel one means, but then they also have a uh, side-by-side. -side. There's different trails for different machines there based upon the ability of the machine there a little bit too. Uh, so you know, that's cool to kind of see those little signs and I've seen them on trails and know which one I need to be on. Uh, another point too is, is um, I know when I was riding ATVs back in the day, you had to make sure you weren't too loud. That was a problem too. So noise pollution can be a deal too. And I know that uh, I, don't, I haven't heard too many super loud, you know, open pipe or open header type of uh, machines out there. But uh, that's something to kind of uh, touch on too, is that noise solution can be a problem too. So, and for motorcycles and spark arresters, they want to make sure you're not, you know, flowing, throwing flames off the back of your vehicle to start a fire. So um, those are just a couple, couple things that I've noticed over the years too, that you have to follow those different rules too. Yes, those are really great examples. And for our opposition, that's huge. Uh, two of the biggest complaints that we get from opposition here right in Minnesota are about noise and dust. They want to keep their land peaceful, right? So they don't want to hear engines revving and loud motors and loud exhaust. And then the dust, you know, ensuring that we're going at a reasonable speed so that we're not, you know, throwing up a lot of dust or ensuring that our groups are small, right? So it's not 20 vehicles, you know, it's eight or less so that there's less dust at once. Hmm. Okay. Good point. Good point. And so the next thing on our, on our list of things is kind of guidelines for all trail enthusiasts. I think we kind of touched on a lot of those, but anything else to add on that piece? I think the only other thing I would like to add is as a community, one area of opportunity that we have is to really focus on what we're putting out there on social media. So everyone is on social media whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, there's a million platforms out there now, right? And one thing that we can all do to help remove any type of leverage for our opposition is just monitoring what we're putting out there. Uh, it's very easy for anyone to take any photo and video and manipulate it into whatever they want and share it for their purposes and their intent. And when our opposition uses our photos and our videos, it's not to promote us. It's to tear us apart, right? <laughs> yep. So little things that we can do as a community is making sure that we're not putting media out there, whether it's a photo, photo a video, a comment, um, that doesn't show your vehicle, doesn't matter what type of vehicle, 
um, a not on an obvious road or trail. Make sure that the photos that you are putting out there or the videos that you're putting out there look like an obvious trail, whether that's ensuring that there's a trail sign in the footage um, or you can see the trail, right, that the vehicle is on, um, making sure that it's very obvious to someone that isn't part of our community that you're on a designated trail or an appropriate legal place. You're not running through the meadows. You're not running through a cornfield, right? That looks like trespass, right? That looks illegal. Um, mm -hmm. Making sure that we're putting things out there that are illegal, right? So don't post photos of, you know, your truck, you know, flexing on a target ball in front of the target store or, you know, <laughs> don't, right? Um, don't post your vehicle in Orbegon Lake because you shouldn't be in Orbegon Lake. There's no trail that goes through that lake. Um, you know, making sure you're not on public property that's really obvious that you shouldn't be off-roading on. Like there's one spot, you know, underneath 35W Bridge where a lot of people like to take their vehicle off-road and it's illegal. That's not a legal place to take your vehicle off-road. Um, so, you know, those are just some of many examples, right? Um, to us, in some cases, we understand those. I understand how fun it is to flex on things, right? I understand how fun it is to flex on rocks. But if the rock looks like it's part of a, a local park in your neighborhood that you shouldn't be on versus a rock up at Gilbert, there's there's a very different picture there, right? So yeah. just ensuring that, you know, to someone that isn't part of our community, it doesn't get misrepresented or misunderstood. Exactly. And that's how we kind of uh, lose some of our, you know, the, the, the people before us, the credit that they gave us, or they kind of moved us up in the scale of things uh, to give us credit for what we're doing. And then that can cut it down pretty quick when people are being, well, being knuckleheads. And sometimes it's unintentional. They're just having fun, but then they realize, you know, second chance to look at it again. Like, oh yeah, it kind of was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> so uh, like you said, not to post those things would be a good thing or not to do those things would be the better one, I guess. Uh, not to do those things. So I like what your, your points there to make sure you're on a legal trail, doing all the right things. And uh, I guess that's what I've always done. Anytime I look at, I look at my pictures before I post them, even when I took today and posted, like, was there anything in the background, making sure it wasn't anything crazy going on and, uh, and posting something nice. And I was actually just in my garage, <laughs> let alone on a trail. So I kind of take a look at that stuff before I post it to make sure it's all on the up and up. So that's a good point. All right, so that's our, our Tread Lightly. Anything else to add on Tread Lightly? I think the only other thing I would add is, as you have pointed out, uh, Tread Lightly website is filled with all kinds of different materials. Um, there's an actual uh, online tutorial uh, that you can take and an online test to get Tread Lightly certified. It's completely free. Um, you can also join as a member. There's an individual membership option on there. You get a free t-shirt and a sticker. Um, and then obviously you're supporting a great, so if you have a few out, um, just a quick 10 minute review, we'll show you all the great resources and then you can always reference them again at a later time. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at their website right now. Um, yeah, so I have to look a little deeper to try to find that uh, piece you were talking about, the get trail rated trail rated tread lightly certified so i'll have to take a look at that a little bit more that's cool yeah so they have a few different sections there which is great the other thing i wanted to bring angela in for is uh we'll talk a little bit about l rock uh so l rock is an organization that um well i can't be part of but i can definitely support <laughs> so 
why don't you tell us a little about l rock sure i love how you worded that because it's so true um because you as a male we call them supporters um but you're right you technically can't be a member um l rock is a ladies rock club and it's a nonprofit organization uh, we were founded, it'll be three years, June 1st. So we're coming up on our three-year anniversary. And you nailed it. Uh, we're a local off-road group. Uh, we love the sport. You haven't really you know, purchased a vehicle or, or dove into it yet, um, but you're interested. Um, we welcome all different types of vehicles. Uh, UTV, ATV, um, off-highway vehicle. If you can take it off-road, you're more than welcome to join us. Um, a very large percent of our population is Jeep owners, primarily um, JKU and JLs. Um, that seems to be the, the new trend. And when I say trend, I mean just purely from data. Sales have definitely gone up over the past five years for Jeep Wranglers. Um, and we really focus on you know, building a community for females here locally. We do have paid members um, across the nation we're primarily based here in Minnesota and Western Wisconsin. Good, good. And how many members do you have? So right now we have 42 paid members. Um, but, you know, like any organization, um, we do have a lot of what we call followers. So women who haven't made that commitment yet to actually stand to be a member, but they are engaged and they attend a lot of our public events. And then a significant part of our population is just the supporters, right? The males within the community. Um, sometimes that's our members, boyfriends or husbands or children. Um, but in some cases, it's just men. It's just men in our, you know, in our local community who support what we're doing and want to help. Um, a very large percent of our organization is just that, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's good. And so if, um, how, you know, like I guess asked how many people had been a part of it, but uh, uh, if, a, if somebody wants to join and, and be supportive of, or to look at the programs, where can they find that information? So there's a couple locations. Um, we do have a website. It's ladiesrockoffroadclub.org. There's a ton of information on there from resources to an events calendar um, to uh, different, um, oh gosh, I can't even think. It's just filled. I mean, there's a million different things on there that you can view and see to get involved. Um, we also have a Facebook group. Um, if you just type in Ladies Rock Afro Club, um, that will also show up. That's a private closed group. Um, but anyone can join. And then we do have a public page you can follow as well, along with an Instagram account. Um, we definitely recommend anyone who's interested, you know, first get your feet wet and join us just online, you know, socially, whether it's the website or our Facebook group. Um, and then once we can finally have events again, we'd love to have people come out to an event. We have a lot of really big upcoming events, as long as um, you know, social distancing is no longer in effect. We have a great trip to Michigan coming up in June. Um, we have our one year anniversary party coming up in June. And then we have a lot of upcoming off-road events in the fall. Yeah, when I, my, some of my first events that I went to, I first saw the L-Rock. I'm like, what's the L-Rock all about? And it was all in you know, the pink lettering on the Jeeps. I'm like, okay, it must be a, the L must stand for ladies or something. 
and because there's always a woman driving and stuff. But I saw some pretty cool Jeeps that were built up. And I did see one pretty built up Lexus for some <laughs> reason. It always blew my mind. I've seen this Lexus with the snorkel on it. Like, that's just crazy to bring a Lexus off to this. This is a Chuck's winter run. I've seen it a couple times out there. I think she was a part of it. I've seen some definitely some built Jeeps uh, with ladies driving. And uh, last week's podcast, uh, the featured Jeep from uh, Motors and More Jeeps out of Brainerd, was a Jeep that just got in there. It was a th on 35s and a three, four inch length, mm -hmm. what the list was on it. The next day it was gone and a woman bought it. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the other former vehicles that I had, you know, as a featured vehicle of the week was a ZR2 uh, Colorado and a woman bought that too. So the mm -hmm. ladies like to go off road. And so what I do like about LROC, it's, it can take uh, some of the nervousness out if you don't have a club you want to join because it's a bunch of smelly dudes part of it or whatever. Uh, LROC is, is a great organization, I think. I mean, when I see the, the group of gals, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool to see them out there. And I think that the, oh, one of the first Jeep parades that was out here this, this spring, I, I joined in. I saw some LROC people and I waved at them and, and uh, said hi to them too as I was driving by. And so they like to get out there and do do the Jeep thing. You know, why wouldn't they? The Jeeps are fun. <laughs> so it's a great way to be part of a group. So definitely a welcoming group. I think that you had some um, some workshops too and uh, group builds at one point. Is that right? Yeah, we've had all kinds of really great education events. Um, we've had just an outpouring of support from local businesses, uh, Zeus Off-Road, um, Iron Rock Off-Road, uh, Lakeville Auto and Off-Road, um, trying to think, um, Tire Pros up in Stillwater, uh, just really great outpouring of support from local businesses that have helped us host educational events. Um, and one of the great things about that is that it really removes that barrier between women and off-road shops. Uh, there's definitely, to your point, it, it gets them less nervous and less anxious about making those consultation appointments and bringing their vehicles in. Uh, they're much more trusting, you know, once they engage with the business owners and their staff um, at one of those educational events. So we've done a lot of a lot of fun things like that. And really, you hit it on the head. I mean, one of the great things that we do is make a very comfortable and safe place for women to come out and meet our team that's happening is that you know we're not segregation so all right we're back as you can tell we're having some technical difficulties just a tiny bit today uh if you guys didn't know zoom had a problem today and uh it still is and uh, the app i use to to record things is having a little problem too. So Angela was talking about how great it is <laughs> to have the intimidation factor coming down for the gals to go in, to do some work with these other companies. And uh, so kind of go from there, Angela. Perfect, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you all for your patience, my goodness. Um, yeah, I was just going on to say that um, one of the great things that I love and appreciate about LROC is that we do a great job getting women comfortable and feeling safe. We build their 
self-confidence. And then they go out and they start wheeling with other groups, other clubs, wheeling with other women. Um, it's really about introducing them to the community and giving them that platform and that path, right, to be engaged and to meet other people and, and wheeling with other groups. That's awesome. Yeah, they haven't, uh, I remember just being me as a new off-roader and being and getting into it, trying to find a group of people and, and to try to find, actually, I found a new group of people to hang out with this past weekend. Uh, you know, when I was, when I was doing this trail build, it was like, you know, I, none of my other friends came, they all had stuff going on, so I found some new friends. And, uh, but being a part of a group is definitely cool. So now I have a few more people I can kind of call up and say, hey, I want to go off-roading or you guys want to go this trip, you want to make this run. So having a group is always great, especially if it's a group of like-minded individuals. So Elrock can do that for you. If you're a gal or you have a gal in your life that wants to get off-roading, definitely have them check out the, the Elrock page and uh, kind of find out more about that, what they're doing. Because I know you guys did some builds at different places and I was kind of mentioning that earlier. And in um, educational pieces, it's it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. So, all right. Anything else to add, Angela? I don't think so. Nothing comes to mind. I sure do appreciate your time and your patience with me today. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I think I'm gonna re I'm gonna review this a little bit at the end, and I'm just going to uh, kind of uh, go through it and the listeners and kind of go from there. Then, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, and thanks for listening to the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast brought to you by Zeus Off-Road in Burnsville, Minnesota and by Motors and More Jeep in Brainerd, Minnesota. Hey, thanks again to Angela Hinckley from Minnesota Pro Drive Association and for you, the listener to uh, stick with us. Thanks for listening. And sorry for all the technical difficulties. We're doing the best we can with the equipment we have. And uh, hopefully we, we keep you guys coming in. Thanks for listening.